The MSU Foundation is celebrating 50 years of impact, enhancing research, encouraging innovation, supporting entrepreneurship, and facilitating economic development through modern commercialization practices, venture creation activity, and innovation partnerships at Michigan State University and across the Michigan. And across Michigan, there's only one Michigan. But uh, the MSU Foundation, now really known as the MSU Research Foundation, which we'll get into, is celebrating 50 years of making MSU a much better place. And we have Executive Director David Washburn here to talk about it. And Dave, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's great to have you. So first, a little bit about your background. Where are you from? How did you get interested in this kind of important work? Well, I'm from Illinois originally. I grew up in Champaign-Urbana, which is another Big Ten yes. uh, college town. And uh, uh, the first sort of dozen years of my career were in venture-backed um, software startup companies uh, from about 1988 to 2000. And uh, you and I are old enough to remember when the, uh, the dot-com crash hit. Uh, and uh, during that time, I took a consulting job at the University of Illinois Tech Transfer Office, uh, to help them commercialize some software. And uh, 24 years later, here I am still in uh, the university um, commercialization space. So uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I, made, a, I made a career pivot uh, out of the, uh, the dot-com uh, crash that happened in, in 2000. Yeah, so then what attracted you to come to MSU, and how long have you been with the foundation well, here? Well, I've been here for uh, close to 10 years. I got here um, in... in um, February of, of 2014, and I was I was recruited here after uh, after a national search. Uh, George Benson, my predecessor, retired, and and they did a search, and uh, and I think what attracted to me uh, to to Michigan State was a I think a couple of things was um, you know it's a Big Ten university, which is where my roots uh, are, and in the Midwest. Um, prior to Michigan State, I'd been down at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, where I was uh, CEO of their research foundation. Uh, but I think coming back uh, to to the Midwest and the Big Ten, I think was uh, was certainly attractive, uh, and and I think the foundation had a, a really uh, wonderful opportunity ahead of itself. Uh, we had flown under the radar for for many many decades, and when you unpack the story of the foundation, it was like holy cow! There's not very many organizations that exist like this uh, in North America. And um, so I just really viewed it as, a, as an opportunity to make a difference. Uh, so that's, that's why I came. So what is the MSU Research Foundation, sort of? And take us back to 1973, sort of, why was it formed yeah. to meet what needs? And how is that mission sort of evolving into the next 50 years? In the late 60s and early 70s, I think most public universities came to the realization that um, uh, state support uh, probably wasn't going to be able to keep pace with the, the growth and expansion of, of public universities. And so uh, many, many universities set up uh, fundraising organizations uh, to help find alternative sources of, of revenue uh, to help um, you know, meet all of the uh, sort of desires and ideas that, that big research universities had. And Clifton Wharton, uh, who originally founded the, the MSU Foundation, was certainly um, plugged in to, to what was going on at the time. And he convinced the, the university and the board of trustees that you know, we should create um, 
uh, an outside foundation to help us with with fundraising. So that was the original goal uh, when it was formed in 1973 was to get involved in in helping the university do do advancement. And so why was it important to add the research to the title MSU Research Foundation just recently? Well, that's a long story, but I'm happy to tell it. Yeah. Uh, I think the uh, you know it, certainly in the first decade of our existence, uh, we we did go out and and help the university do advancement, um, and uh, and so I think the uh, you know you you can go back to the first one of the first campaigns was a uh, was a was an enrichment campaign where the university in the mid 70s was raising 17 million dollars to build a, uh, a library of the future and a performing arts center. And uh, they wanted to endow uh, new professors. And the way we got involved was that we would deal with, um, with non-cash gifts or other sort of financial instruments that were a little exotic. So gifts of life insurance or gifts of, of land or, or gifts of art or uh, uh, other sort of non-cash gifts that had to be sort of monetized uh, and that's that's where we that's where we got involved in um, uh, some of the early non-cash gifts that that came into the university. Uh, some some companies donated some patents to the university, and they said, "Well, I don't know what we're going to do with these things. Let's let's give them to the foundation and see if they can figure out what to do with them." And the foundation did back then uh, find a a home to to license those patents and created a small income stream. Uh, so this is in the mid '70s. And I think that that income stream is is what started the sort of early growth of of, uh, of the foundation sort of asset base. And as those as the funds started coming in from the royalties off those patents that were donated, um, that those dollars when they became available uh, started to get transferred over to the university. So we said, hey, here's 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 some money that we we earned from from this activity. Well, why don't you find something to do with it, university? Here's here's the money, and that's really, I think, how how it started. Um, I think one one sort of ma- major inflection point that happened at the foundation was the um, uh, the discovery of the cisplatin and, and carboplatin uh, cancer therapeutics, and so this is a unbelievable story. Dr. Uh, Barney Rosenberg. That's yeah. right. That's right. And um, I know by by the end of your this conversation, I should answer your question of why we added the word research to our name. We'll get there. Uh, but uh, hopefully that will uh, we'll get there. Um, but I think the discovery of cisplatin and carboplatin in in the mid seventies. Uh, is an unbelievable story yeah. that um, that that not a lot of universities have have stories like this. Uh, but we were involved because we were again dealing with intellectual property and dealing with patents, and so the foundation got involved. Um, the Cliff Notes story on on cisplatin. Um, we faculty researchers here at MSU discovered a cure for cancer. Uh, it was platinum-based drugs, and uh, they were patented and licensed to Bristol-Myers Squibb, who turned that into a product, and uh, that product went on to save millions of yes. lives, and it generated um, millions of dollars of royalties that came back to the foundation uh, from uh, from that activity. Um, and so from a period from 1979 to 2004, when these, when these patents were, were active, uh, you know, the, the foundation received... Um, you know, something on the order of, you know, over $325 million wow. in, in royalties. And so uh, I think the, um, 
the foundation was smart during that time. They decided to sort of turn this into uh, and a sort of um, a flexible and enduring resource that we could use, uh, uh, you know, sort of put in place and help the university for the next, you know, yeah. 150 to 200 years. And um, and I think that's what we've done. Um, along the way, um, we've gotten more or less out of the uh, helping university advancement, uh, you know, the, the growth and development of, of that whole group, university advancement group that... that I was going to ask you, how are you yep. different from but complement university advancement? Yeah, yeah. We, we still help them um, in a couple of different ways with some contract gift annuity stuff, some life insurance policy stuff, some real estate things, but... Um, most universities have a, a, a very sophisticated advancement apparatus in place now. Michigan State is no different. Right. Uh, the team that's in place now and, and where they've come from from the mid-70s oh. is just so, so different. It's a professional operation. And um, so we, we help very, very, um, you, you know, in, in small ways. Uh, but they've, they've built out a lot of the infrastructure yeah. to handle most of that stuff now. Dave Washburn is my guest on MSU Today, the executive director of the MSU Research Foundation. And, and Dave, give us maybe some examples of how you help out and maybe talk about Red Cedar Ventures, Spartan Innovation, some of the ways you're, you're set up and, and how you actually go about helping. Well, I, yeah, so I think the, um, the, the evolution of, of during the time cisplatin and carboplatin came along, uh, there was important legislation that was passed, bipartisan legislation, uh, called the Bayh-Dole Act, uh, which was put forth by uh, uh, Birch Bayh and, and Bob Dole, uh, sort of senators on the opposite side of the, of the aisle. Um, and what that legislation uh, allowed is for, uh, it used to be that when the feds uh, uh, provided funding for research, any intellectual property that was created from that was sort of the property of the federal government. And what 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 By and Dole uh, uh, decided was uh, and figured out is that you know it'd be better if the universities own the intellectual property. They actually have a better chance of getting it out the door to help you know uh, solve hard problems. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, about the time that cisplatin and carboplatin was rolling out, the By Dole Act kicked in. Uh, and, and all universities across the country started to build these these university tech transfer uh, offices and uh, and try to uh, get engaged with uh, discovering new innovations that um, that could solve could solve problems and and there's a lot of great stories across the country that have you know new technologies that have come out of universities uh, not not dissimilar to to platinum or carboplatin. Um, and and so um, we've sort of gotten involved in 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 that space. And and when you're doing uh, licensing and tech transfer, uh, typically what would happen: a faculty member discloses an invention, the university has to decide if they want to file a patent on this, and they go through this rigorous process of determining sort of what what's the market for this. Uh, if we file this patent, it's an expensive thing to do. Uh, do we have a chance to actually license this out and you know get our patent cost back? Yeah. But also that there could be a, a recipient on the other side that could um, turn that into a product or service that that um, you know to commercialize the technology. Um, and so typically, uh, you you would take these patents and you would go calling on existing companies uh, to to um, 
you know, to license the technology to them. And I think what happened is that many times the technologies that are sort of mature university technologies are still very, very early stage mm-hmm. for an existing company to, to, to sort of pick up. So there's this gap that exists between the sort of the handoff of, of a late research stage project versus, you know, uh, uh, what a company might take on. Uh, and so many, many faculty and university decided, well, what if we just start new companies and, and go out and, and raise, um, raise venture dollars to, um, uh, to see if we can sort of build up a product or build up a service here locally with some, some local venture dollars. Uh, and that trend started really, I think, in the early 80s as okay. well as Baidol kicked in. Uh, and that's a space where we've, we've played in for a long time. Um, uh, you know, as as the cisplatin royalties came in back in 1982, there's a local company here called Neogen, which <laughs> was formed. Uh, and Neogen was formed to commercialize uh, some technologies coming out of the ag bio research yeah. happening at Michigan State. And so the foundation made the first investment in Neogen in 1982. Wow. Uh, and today this is a publicly traded company with, you know, close to 2,000 employees with locations all over the world. Uh, so that's been a really, really great story. Probably the very first uh, startup that came out of Michigan State. Wow, some real foresight there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> we, My yeah. predecessors do, yeah. Well, you know, and what about, Dave, you know, sort of bigger picture? And as we move into the next 50 years, what are some of the things the MSU Research Foundation is maybe looking ahead to to helping out with? Yeah, I th- I think our focus now at the foundation is in a couple of areas. Uh, I would I would sort of refer to them as um, uh, more venture creation. Okay. So we have an entity called Spartan Innovations, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of the foundation, and Spartan Innovations works closely with MSU Technologies, which is okay. the patent office yeah. at the university, uh, and and uh, together they try to identify new inventions that could form the basis of a startup company. And what Spartan Innovations does is identify these things and then go through a process uh, of trying to figure out um, and write a business plan. You know, identify the right type of thing. How do we, how do we put a people? How do we put people and a plan and funding together in sort of a cohesive plan that we could take this thing uh, out out to market? Yeah. And so Spartan Innovations spends a lot of time doing that. Uh, we have entrepreneurs in residence. We have accelerator programs. We have mentor in residence programs. We have a, a robust regional partnerships with with Leap here in Lansing yeah. and the LDFA and Grand Rapids. Uh, and it's I think it's a it's a lot of sort of um, what I would call uh, kind of public private industry university research and innovation partnerships is uh, sort of what we're doing. Lots of lots of states and municipalities are trying to figure out how do we create new jobs, how do we create an innovation ecosystem, and that's the space that we're we're playing in a lot with Spartan Innovations. Yeah, we have a couple of uh, captive venture funds. One is called Red Cedar Ventures. One is called the Michigan Rise Pre-Seed Fund, and. Um, you know, when I got here in 2014, there was there was no venture capital in Lansing, uh, and we were we were lucky enough at the foundation that we we had resources at our fingertips, uh, thanks to Cisplatin and Carboplatin, where I went to the board and I said I would like to build uh, a captive venture fund so we can seed some of these early stage uh, ventures that that Spartan Innovations and MSU Technologies are teeing up. 
And uh, so the board approved it, and, and we put together Red Cedar Ventures and um, uh, have made uh, close to 120 uh, uh, sort of invested in close to 120 new startup companies. We've deployed close to $10 million out of Red Cedar Ventures. And those companies have gone on to raise, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from the, the venture markets in the state and uh, uh, around the Midwest and, and actually on both coasts. Um, the state took note of what we we're doing. We, we applied to uh, help them with uh, a pre-seed fund program they have, and that's how Michigan Rise was formed. Okay. So I think between Michigan Rise and Michigan, or sort of Red Cedar Ventures, we have you know close to forty million dollars under management in in two sort of robust captive venture funds. And now I'm happy to say that um, you know ten years ago there was no venture in Lansing, and and we have a very strong venture ecosystem here uh, today. And I think there's many others getting into the game. The credit union now has yeah. a venture fund. Delta Dental has a, a group that's doing this types of things. And there's a, a, a robust angel network here in Lansing and around the state that are, that are also taking note, um, of the deal flow that's coming out of Michigan state. Our, our good friend, Jeff Wesley leading Red Cedar Ventures. Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Dave, if, if you know, congratulations on fifty years. As you as you look ahead again, just what do you want those joining in on our conversation to know about the foundation and and your work? Well, I think in 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 addition to the venture creation and venture investing activity, another big area that we uh, think about and 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 work with the university on a lot is in this area of sort of what I would call innovation parks. Um, so we do have a pretty robust uh, real estate uh, uh, platform uh, at the foundation. We own uh, about 200,000 square feet of space um, in, in and around uh, Lansing and East Lansing. Uh, we worked with McLaren Greater Lansing to, to bring their brand new hospital to what used to be called the University Corporate Research yeah. Park. Uh, and that is now referred to as the University Health Park. Uh, we developed the TechSmith building uh, in the old oh, Spartan yeah. Village space. As, as I refer to it now as Crescent Road. Uh, <laughs> and we, we, we built a headquarters for, for TechSmith because they, they have a very robust student internship program. Over half of their employees are MSU wow. alumni. And they wanted to be closer to campus. They're a huge partner to computer science and uh, com arts. And they wanted to be closer, and they wanted to be under one roof, and, and they were trying to compete with the Googles and Amazons of the world. And they thought if they had a, a, a really cool campus, uh, they, would, they would have a shot, and I think, I think that's helped them. We've got an incubator in, um, uh, in downtown East Lansing. We have the Bridge Incubator in Grand Rapids, uh, and then we have the, the Van Camp Incubator in um, – uh, on Grand River, out by the Whole Foods in uh, Meridian Township, and so um, we're, we're we're building spaces. So as we start start up new companies, not only do we want to help them with their business plan, provide them some early stage funding, but we're trying to find them a home in and around our ecosystem, and we think that combination all leads to sort of economic development, job growth, economic diversity. Uh, and, and that's really, I think, the, the, the place where we collaborate and help MSU. 
Well, Dave, again, thank you for joining me again on MSU today and all the best. And thank you for your great work helping this wonderful university move forward. Well, thank, thank you. And uh, anytime uh, we can tell you more about it, we are, we are up for it. So thank you. That's David Washburn, Executive Director of the MSU Research Foundation. Much more online at msufoundation.org. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.